Welcome back, everyone, to another Eat Speed podcast for 10 years or more and, and uh, dozens of pounds, I'll add, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. Our guest today, everybody's talking about Yellowstone, Cowboys, the Fort Worth Stockyards, who was the trailblazer who opened a high-end steakhouse in the stockyards when everybody said, who's going to go to the stockyards? Chef Tim Love, Lonesome Dove Western Bistro. Chef Love, good to have you back on the Eat Speak podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. What in the world has it been like out there lately with the resurgence of uh, the stockyards, all the new Mule Alley restaurants? We'll talk about your new restaurants in a minute. And with the thunderous success of Yellowstone. Well, you're, you, you just said it. It's, you know, it's like somebody kicked over the anthill down there. There's just people everywhere. And, um, you know, that's I think that's a culmination of a multitude of things. But we've seen, you know, most of the growth we've really seen in the last three years, really just after the pandemic, frankly. Um, you know, Mule Alley was was started, obviously, pre-pandemic and, and uh, looking very good, but not really leased out very much, uh, started leasing out just before the pandemic. And then, you know, the momentum just kept going. I feel like, uh, you know, heritage development has done an amazing job of marketing the stockyards. Um, but you know, the, the thing that really draws, I think the most about the stockyards is that while there are other developments, you know, around the country that can be compared to the stockyards, things like over the Rhine and in, in Cincinnati, or, uh, even Pearl street district down in San Antonio, they don't have the historical significance that the stockyards does. There's not the story that's real. Um, and people are attracted to that, that historical side of the stockyards. And then you enhance it with a, a beautiful development and great food and beverage and lots of things to do. Um, it just, it's, it's like a perfect potion. And right now we're, we're seeing the effects of it. And, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm pretty pleased about it, to be honest with you. Well, I can imagine it's everybody that, I mean, you've always dreamed of this day when everybody was coming to Lonesome Dove and the White Elephant and Love Shack. And now you have seven restaurants, if I miscounted, correct me. You have seven <laughs> restaurants in the stockyards now. Is that right? Seven plus the private club. So eight eight establishments. Yes, sir. Right. You have, uh, you've opened Tannehill's, which has food in the new uh, music venue. You, Katarina's Italian and Paloma Suerte. Uh, those are the newest uh, uh, restaurants. Of course, Lonesome Dove. Uh, and then Attico, uh, the uh, Skyline restaurant across the street from Lonesome Dove, where you get kind of a Spanish tapas and a skyline view of the stockyards. And, and uh, then, of course, the White Elephant and, and Love Shack. Uh, you know, talk about the what talk about your business before Yellowstone and after Yellowstone, what it's meant to your business in those restaurants. Well, I think, you know, the the best measure that would be at Lonesome Dove. Right. We we. Lonesome Dove's been there for almost 23 years now, um, amazingly. And, um, you know, we we kind of felt it coming. Yeah, there's a great picture of it. Um, we felt this, this surgence coming as soon as the development started. Uh, you know, having the hotel drover, which I've always said we've needed more hotels. And, and we, we saw an uptick when the Spring Hill Suites opened up across the street. And now with the hotel drover. Uh, and Drover's driving a, a great clientele. It's 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 Lonesome Dove's target clientele, frankly. And um, so that's really the very first push that we saw, uh, you know, sales wise and people wise and things like that. And then, you know, with the addition of 1883 
And now, you know, as you mentioned, showing the premiere of Yellowstone, really uh, setting an example for the country, like this is the place to be and this is the home of Yellowstone. And that is in itself, um, you know, it's the most watched show in the country. Uh, who would have thought we would have premiered it in Fort Worth, Texas, you know, not L.A., but here. And um, it's just, it, you know, the city should be proud of, of all the things that have happened. I'm certainly proud of, of what we're doing and what we're doing in the stockyards. And I mean, I'm, it's onward and upward. We've got a lot more coming and a lot more fun stuff happening. We're building an ice rink in the stockyards. I mean, the, the holiday experience in the stockyards is going to be unmatched to anything else in the city, much less in the state. And, you know, we're just adding things that we can do food and beverage wise uh, to make that be great. I'm going to let you talk about your new restaurants first. Uh, Katarina's, of course, uh, you know, had some notoriety when it opened uh, simply because it has a dress code, which uh, Forward didn't have a dress co- restaurant with a dress code in a while. And for this little thing about your cell phone, uh, but talk about talk about Katarina's and Palo Suerte. For people who haven't braved the Mule Alley crowds yet, talk about what they'll find. Well, Katarina's, uh, as you mentioned, uh, it's a special place. Uh, it's named after my sister who passed away uh, a couple years ago. And it's just, uh, you know, it creates a vibe that I felt like we didn't have at all in Fort Worth. I mean, it's 40 seats. Uh, it's very intimate. And so when, you know, you build a restaurant that's 1,700 square feet, uh, you want to make it special. And so, you know, the cell phone policy, I created it because I wanted people to enjoy themselves and take a step back in time and understand that, you know, we go to dinner for to hang out with our friends and family, not to look up stuff on our phones. And it was small enough. I felt like I could I could make a statement with that. Um, it certainly didn't want it to cause all the ruckus that did. That the, the purpose was to, to get dressed up and enjoy dinner. And um those who have come have really, really enjoyed it. And it's a, you know, I do it myself. I, I got to put my cell phone away. When I, I walk in the restaurant, I, I follow the same rules. And, you know, the first five minutes you find yourself reaching for your cell phone all the time. And then you all of a sudden you relax and next, you know, you're enjoying the food and, and engaging in the experience with the server. And uh, man, we just had a really, really tremendous response. And I've had a lot of parents call me and tell me how great it is. They take their kids there and they come home from college and they get to spend two and a half hours with them enjoying a, a wonderful meal and, and uninterrupted. Um, you know, you can always go out, step outside and use your phone. And if something you need to get hold of people, always tell people to text people before you put your phone away, our phone number, they can call. We have a rotary phone, bring it to the table and you can get, take a call right there at the table. So it's not like you're separated from the world. Just people focus on the food and not the phone. What are a couple of the, the entrees there that you, you really want people to try? Well, um, uh, the food is the food. I have to say is just phenomenal. And the, our beef carpaccio is unmatched, uh, Piedmontese style. The veal chop, veal parmesan, unbelievable. We do a, a pork piccata, which is really good. We take a, a double cut pork chop, pound it very, very thin, cook it a la piccata style, then take the bones from the pork chop, braise them for six hours, and then deep fry it to get super crispy. Serve on such a two different textures of an entree there. Um, but the, the restaurant's designed to go in four courses. Uh, you start with you know some some appetizers, then we move into a, a nice salad, and then a pasta dish. A rigatoni alla vodka is probably one of the most popular dishes we have, and I've had many, many people tell me how amazing it is. It, it's just an awesome dish. Uh, and then lobster allison, one of my other favorite dishes, named after my other sister. Uh, cracked and pulled out lobster, then grilled with a, a preserved lemon and a sweet corn ravioli. 
Tim, we ought to move on to, to Tannehill's and Paloma Suarte. Pa- Paloma Suarte is a casual Tex-Mex. It's been packed since it opened. It's got a great location on uh, on, on the creek there, on, on Marine Creek, right across from Lonesome Dove. And then what kind of food is there in Tannehill's? Tannehill's is a, is a great American tavern. So uh, we're specializing in mesquite grilled oysters from New Orleans, but we're doing things like uh, gravy fries with cheese curds. We're doing a nice bar steak with with frites, we're doing uh, a, a simply grilled piece of fish with a nice vegetable and rice. And at the same time, we're doing fun stuff. Uh, you know, that's well, a good example of like, you know, stuffed crabs and uh, you know, things, you get a, a great burger, obviously a spicy, crispy chicken sandwich, um, super approachable food, really well done, you know, an, an awesome crab and spinach dip. Uh, and we just added a, a, a duck comb feet, shepherd's pie so you imagine going into this just super approachable but really fun restaurant with with grilled oysters at the forefront uh wide open in the kitchen um everybody's and then you know you said you wanted me to give you a surprise so i'm gonna give you a surprise so we also are opening up a new york pizza shop uh we've been testing it for the last three days it's also to the side of Tannehill's, opens to mule alley selling pizzas and by the slice wow so so that's what that tweet was about. What's the name of it? <laughs> we don't actually have a name yet. It's like a hidden pizza shop right now. So we've just been testing. We sold about 150 slices last night um, after the trombone shorty show. Um, and if you haven't been to Tan Hills and seen the show yet, you're really missing out. Man, is it awesome. It's probably the greatest accomplishment I've ever built. It's massive and cool and I uh, just love the relationship between music and food. You know, at Tannehill's, you can have a dinner party for 60 people and watch the show um, and have any kind of food you want. And the the best thing about it, like you said, Paloma Suerte, we've got this great Tex-Mex. We've got a great American tavern. We've got fine dining Italian. We've got Lonesome Dove across the way. And so we we treat our bands better than the fans. We say it's uh, our hospitality is unmatched in the country. Um, the, the type of food you get, the style of food you get, and it's all within, you know, 150 yards. Yeah, Shelly and a friend were in Tannehill's last week and came back bragging about what a great place it looked like. So oh, awesome. uh, I, I was up in the Cowboy Channel studio waiting for another film to start. But uh, yeah. but now, you know, I, this has also brought new competition. And you've got Graham Elliott coming in with the Duke, a prime steakhouse right there across Mule Alley from uh, from the Hyatt. And right. then, then you've got, uh, you know, investors in Yellowstone, uh, you know, uh, you know, some of Taylor Sheridan's folks have bought Cattlemen's and plan to do some upgrading Cattlemen's. There's another new owner at the Star. Uh, it, it's like a land rush for restaurants in the stockyard. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think it's great, actually. I mean, to me, competition breeds the greatest things in people. And, um, you know, all, when, the, when the water goes up, all the boats rise. And I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I've always believed that in the stockyards. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've told people to come to the stockyards for years and everybody's been afraid of it. Now, you know, now that Yellowstone's here, I guess it's okay to be in the stockyards, but uh, it's, it's such a, such a great place. And the diversity of people that, that come to the stockyards, especially now is just, is just ever increasing. And, you know, uh, when I sat down with the developers and said, Hey, you really need to have more than barbecue and steaks here. And they were like, well, why don't you do it? And that's kind of how it all started. So that's why I got into Paloma Suerte, which I felt like we needed a Tex-Mex. I mean, Joe T's is awesome, but it is a bit away. Um, and then, you know, to think of fine dining Italian in the stockyards would never cross anybody's mind. 
but it's doing very well. And so I think, you know, really we have room for, frankly, I think we should do a small sushi place here in the stockyards. I feel like we need a seafood restaurant that's casual. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll see how that goes with uh, Tannehill's Tavern. We have a lot of seafood on the menu and uh, kind of get a vibe for that. But I'm, I'm also welcoming of, I mean, listen, Graham and I go way back. I've known him probably for 15 years. Um, when he first was cooking in Chicago and he was nominated for James Beard Award, I was walking him into James Beard at the time uh, when he was very young. And he's a great creative mind. And I love working with him. I've done work with him at Lollapalooza in Chicago for years. Uh, he's just a great guy. So I was, I was really happy to see Philippe bring him into Fort Worth. And, I, you know, frankly, you know, when you get people like Graham coming to Fort Worth, then other people look at it and go, well, maybe I'll move to Fort Worth. And really, people always ask me, how do we make Fort Worth a food city? And well, you do it by getting different ethnic groups and young people moving to Fort Worth and creating that food. And so the more spotlight we can get for people that are moving here that don't live here, uh, the better off it is for our whole food and beverage program in the city. And, I, and I, I'm a big advocate of that. Steve, do you have any questions about Tim's current restaurants or the plans of the stockyards? Uh, well, I mean, you know, the tavern food sounds really good, but uh, the pizza by the slice, that, that's going to I think that's going to be a real big hit. <laughs> uh, is there like a, what type of toppings are you putting on those? So uh, right now we, we make a cheese pizza, we make a pepperoni pizza and we make a mushroom pizza and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, but we make it really, really good. Um, we've been working on the dough for literally about a year. Um, it, it's, it's a genuine New York slice. It's got a great crunch to it. It's a fairly thin crust. Great cheese, the sauce, it's what we call a cold sauce, so it's uncooked sauce. Um, and I, I just love it. And I love, first of all, I love late night pizza. So, uh, you know, if you don't like late night pizza, I think you're in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah. So you're serving like two styles of pizza now. You got what the, was it Chicago style pizza? Jamele, Detroit style. Detroit, Detroit style pizza, yeah. And Detroit. then uh -huh. these are the big, yeah, the 16 inch pizzas. Uh, got into six pieces. It's really, it's a nice pie. And, um, and it's fun. You get in there and grab a, you know, and grab a soda, grab a beer, grab you a slice and keep on walking down the street. And uh, it's just great for after shows. It's great for just walking down the street. And the fact that we didn't have a, a, a pizza place in the stockyard is baffling in itself. Right. I mean, there's so many families here, um, you know, that can just go buy a nice pie and, you know, sit down in the park and, and enjoy themselves in the afternoon. Yeah. It's always been a mainstay on, uh, you know, sixth street at Austin or, Deep Ellum, they always had walk up New York pizza pieces, and so yeah, Tim's Pizza and Pasta, I guess, is the next concept to open, <laughs> you know, or Tim Joe's Pizza and Pasta, yeah, something that. like that. Well, it will be what it is. Uh, you know, we need to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming up. I noticed everybody was in a rush talking about Thanksgiving and the turkey prices being high and reservations booking up, but then it looks like reservations have slowed down, and I don't know are people. Are people just not spending that much money? Are they making other plans? Uh, kind of what's going on? Is the Thanksgiving, is the great Thanksgiving turkey scare padding out the way it, uh, the way it was uh, advertised? Well, I will say uh, getting turkeys has is, is been a, a beating. You know, we do our charity every year, uh, Shed Hunger, Give Thanks. And we, uh, for every turkey, we do a dinner for six, so a smoked turkey with plus all the sides and pies and whatnot. And then I donated dinner for six in the exact same way. So this year I talked to the food bank saying, hey, we're going to have trouble getting turkeys. What do you think about me doing a Mexican dinner for six that we donate? And they really, uh, um, they liked it more than me doing the turkey, which worked out nice. So we're doing turkey dinners for those that buy it. And then we're donating dinner for six 
to the food bank uh, with a Mexican dinner, which is pretty fun. So we're doing a lot of cool stuff with that, which helps. And that, us that, that's through the woodshed and it's $175. Everyone who's listening, if you buy a, a Thanksgiving dinner for six with a turkey and pies and sides for the woodshed, then uh, Tim donates dinner for six to a needy family. Yeah. And it's, it's really one of the best programs I've done. This is our seventh year to do it. Uh, it's been really great. We did it all the way through the pandemic, which was really nice for everybody. And um, so I hope people will help out. Plus, you don't have to cook for Thanksgiving, which, by the way, is always great. And um, and then at all the restaurants, uh, we have a Thanksgiving menu in addition to our menu, which is awesome. Uh, we do regular menu. Our, our reservations are, are spectacular. So I don't know if it's slowing down. This is actually the, the biggest day that we have in Austin, oddly enough. It's We have weird hours. It's 12 to 8, but we'll do 450 covers that day in Austin. So um, Fort Worth, this is our second year to do it in Fort Worth. And so we're doing pretty good. We're gaining momentum. We'll probably do about 300. We're almost sold out. Uh, and then of course in Knoxville, we do great there too. But um, I love Thanksgiving. Your, your, menu in Fort, your menu in Fort Worth is Cornish game. And you decided to come with something different from Turkey. Yeah. And you know, when I do a la carte, doing Turkey a la carte is, is tough to do unless you smoke the Turkey and just slice smoked Turkey. So we wanted to do something very similar and something we know we could get. Uh, we knew we were going to be busy. Um, so we went with the game hen. I'm, and by the way, I love Cornish game hen. I, so I, I, too. I, I we do at home uh, for Thanksgiving. I'll do like a shrimp stuffed Cornish game hen or shrimp stuffed pheasants. Um, we don't do turkey a lot because, you know, my kids, uh, my son plays football the next day. So we don't get to see him. We see him on game day. Um so we're a lot smaller now. So we, we, we shrink up the birds for, for Thanksgiving. Uh, I have my whole family for Christmas. That's when it goes nuts. Steve, what do you see for Thanksgiving? I, I, you know, like what restaurant is doing turducken without the tur? It's, uh, you know, it's like, uh, and then the, the fried turkeys, some of them are going to be pretty small fried turkeys this year. What do you see going on? Uh, I've heard the, uh, the Texas turkeys that, you know, we're actually doing good with Texas turkeys right now. It's the, the, the other turkeys are having uh, the issues with the avian flu. Uh, so uh, hopefully there's a lot of turkeys around for everybody around, at least around here. Um, actually, we're going in doing our own turkeys. So, so I'm not actually going out to do a turkey, uh, going out to eat turkey this year. I had the bright idea that we should, that they should grow turkeys like, over in England, right? Because nobody has Thanksgiving there, and then they can just ship them here. We'd be just fine. Well, let's just go down to Mexico and around and see around what the turkeys world. they've got. Because you know, the, it's Thanksgiving's an American holiday, and and uh, you, know, you go to the market in Mexico, and they don't even have, yeah turkeys more of a delicacy. They have chicken everywhere, but you yeah. know, you have to find turkey. What is there anything about diners' expectations when they come in? Is it one of those days that you have big parties? It's tough to seat big families and everybody expects it to be perfect. You know, uh, what are the pressures on Thanksgiving? Yeah. I, you know, like every other holiday, I feel like, you know, it, people are coming in with 10, 12 people, 14 people. And generally all 14 people aren't getting along all day long. Right. They expect that the, the meal is going to make them get along better, which generally it does, but <laughs> you know, so it's a little bit, but you know, there's always tension in family and, um, and, and families generally like for the restaurant to, to get rid of that tension and, you know, that's what we do. We provide hospitality and make people happy. And so we, we do our best to really smooth that over. And, and you can see it happen all the time. I mean, I come from a very big family. I'm the youngest of seven kids. And I mean, Lord knows we didn't get along all the dang time. So um, I, I think that, that that's what you see a lot in holidays. You know, 
everybody wants to gather with family and they're very happy that they're together. But at the same time, there's always lots of weird tensions going on. And so when you sit down for dinner, generally they don't need to get dinner together very often. And so everybody's got their quirks and where they sit and how they sit and different drinks and who's going to pay for what and so on and so forth. But, you know, in, in the spirit of, of everything that we do, especially uh, at love management, we're just so happy to have and blessed to have people come through the front door and, um, and we're, we're able to take care of them. It's, 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 a, it's an amazing business. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing that we get to make people happy every day and people choose to celebrate with us. You still have tables available for Thanksgiving. The weekend after Thanksgiving will be very busy in the stockyards. And then the following weekend is the tree lighting and all that. Uh, you, you're, let's see, none of your other restaurants are open Thanksgiving, right? Woodshed, you pick up those turkeys like on Tuesday and Wednesday, I think. That's right. And then they're open uh, in the evening. Um, the bar will be open. Bar at Woodshed, or pardon me, at White Elephant is open on Thanksgiving evening as well. And then uh, on Black Friday, uh, it'll be our first Friday that we open lunch at Katarina's. So we're making that announcement tomorrow. So it's half price, specialty cocktails, half price martinis. You don't have to wear a jacket and you can bring your cell phone in. Only for lunch, one Friday a month. So it's the fourth Friday of every month, starting the Friday after Thanksgiving. So we, really, we got a jazz band playing. We just want it to be a really uh, easy going, delightful, same exact menu. So it's the same menu as the dinner menu. Uh, but come in in a little bit more casual atmosphere, a lot more fun, a little more lively. Um, and we're excited to start the fourth Friday lunch at Katarina's. And that matches up with the Friday and Saturday lunch, I think, at Lonesome Dove, which, you know, a, you know I, I, people always ask, where's a nice place to go for Saturday lunch? And Lonesome Dove is always, a you know, the perfect recommendation for people to go to. So yeah. so that, that kind of you're, you're, you know, spreading out into that lunchtime day part. Do you have another new project in mind anywhere? Is, is there something? Well, what's the next Tim Love? <laughs> We just, you know, we're going to, we're, we're polishing up the pizza shop. Obviously, Tannehill's restaurant opens up November 29th. Um, and then, uh, you know, we just announced our stock, Fort Worth Stockyards uh, Music Festival and Conference. That'll be March 1st through the 4th. And uh, we're hoping to add on a big food and wine piece to that as well. Um, other than that, which is plenty, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> South, South by East Exchange, I think. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh we're just excited to really focus in on, on the concepts that we've launched right now and uh, really, you know, hone in and get better. Uh, we've just been really, you know, charging, you know, open up five places in a year is pretty tough. Um, and the team is excited to, to keep growing. And, and, you know, when we add in, you know, the talent that we've been adding in day after day, it, it just gets to be more and more fun. And, and we're just so excited about what we have in the future and what the stockyards has to come and all the new restaurants that are coming and, Taylor Sheridan coming to town. All that stuff is great, and uh, we look forward to working with all of them and hopefully having some great parties down the stockyards. Steve, any more questions for Tim? You've known him as long as I have. We've really enjoyed having him on Eat Speak. <laughs> well, I, I remember when he time. first started, he wouldn't even touch a chicken. <laughs> and, and now, now he has a lot of a lot of uh, poultry dishes and stuff going on now. Well, you know, it it, it, it garlic stuffed tenderloin is still uh, oh, is still a go to for everybody. Yeah, garlic. So, uh, it was it's, it's a, the lava lava cake too. That's, the, the the garlic stuffed tenderloin at Lonesome Dove is still. Yeah, I mean, one of the two best steaks in town. And for 20 years, it was the best steak in town. There might be somebody else who has one that's almost as good. But the uh, that garlic stuffed tenderloin still rocks. It's what I tell everybody to go get. So. Well, thank you very much. It's very kind of you. 
Uh, and but you've got so much more now too, and you you've uh, you've uplifted uh, Fort Worth and the north side of the stockyards, and you've shown everybody what what can be done out there. Thank you, Chef Tim Love, for telling us about New York Pizza. Uh, <laughs> what time does it open? It uh, opens at five o'clock daily uh, and goes until two a.m. So. That's- um, if you find yourself down the stockyards, got a little hankering for some pie, we got you covered. Come on in and get a cold beer, a nice glass of wine, and take it with you. That, sound, that sounds like a pretty good marketing plan. If you've got a hankering for some pie, come on in. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you down there about five minutes after five. And <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chef Tim Love. Until next time on the Eat Speed Podcast, I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. <laughs>